and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward in the Sales Chat Show studio. We have Graham Jones, Phil Jessen, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. And this episode, inspired by a television program that Phil has been watching, is called Can Two Celebrity Fishermen net you the way to catch good customer service. Note Phil's extensive use of fishing puns. Now, firstly, I have hardly ever fished in my life. I can't imagine anything less interesting, but that's just a personal choice. No offense to the fisher folk watching, but I'm also getting Graham slightly worried at the sort of television that Phil is watching. We, we've had the episode about on the sales chat show about Gareth Malone, the choir master. And now he appears to be watching some sort of celebrity fishing program. His choice of rock bands in a recent episode was also a bit dubious. Um, says, so, says the man who likes steps, Mr. Jones, I think. I won't hear a word said against them. Um, I, th- I think that uh, maybe we need to up his medication. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but I think let's before we before we uh, before we uh, get an additional prescription for Mister Jesson from the doctor, perhaps yeah. we should should allow him to to uh, explain what he means, Mister Jesson. Yes, yes but, uh, first things first. I think I need to distance myself from the practicing uh, from the practice of angling, fishing. Uh, I, I come from that school of thought that says that. Um, uh, fishing has got a, a, a worm on one end of the line and an idiot on the other. So, uh, <laughs> You're just fishing for compliments now, aren't you? Yes, I am. Um, no, but no, the, no. the TV programme that you uh, mentioned, uh, for those who have not seen it, uh, is the uh, comedians and actors Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse. And they typically are, uh, are on a scenic stretch of river somewhere and the dialogue and banter between the two is very funny. And they look at quality of life and some of their life issues, health issues, hopes, fears, regrets, all of that stuff. In a strange way, it's a very, very good antidote to the current coronavirus world because it's delightfully peaceful, kingfishers everywhere, that type of nonsense. But one of the interesting things about the program on TV yesterday which was billed as the Christmas special, uh, is that one of the things that Bob Mortimer does is to surprise and delight Paul Whitehouse with a number of things during the course of their three-day fishing trip. So point number one, he surprises him and delights him with the choice of overnight location, which was basically a fisherman's cottage in staves and it's difficult to describe it in this medium but it was absolutely stunning 
the next thing he did to delight the, uh, uh, his accomplice, uh, Paul, was that he had a celebrity chef cooking their meal in the local pub. Uh, whilst they were eating the meal in the local pub, bearing in mind this was near Middlesbrough, the rock musician Chris Rea turned up, he of uh, the uh, driving home for Christmas fame. Uh, so there they are, joined by one of Bob's mates, Chris Rea, for the meal. And uh, after Chris Rea has gone, uh, when they're back in their accommodation, a choir is singing outside the cottage that they're in. And uh, Paul White has said, well, I suppose we better open the door and uh, make sure that they that we acknowledge that they're there. Uh, and when Paul Whitehouse opened the door, he found that it was the West End cast from the musical that he was working in just before COVID. And the West End cast, although they started singing Christmas carols, then launched into a verse or two from the musical that Paul Whitehouse was in. The man was speechless as you might imagine, absolutely yeah. speechless with all of these things. Now, where I'm going with this, and this is really the business context, is that it was a brilliant example of Bob Mortimer delivering what we might call service plus, and the P, the L, and the U, and the S stand for something in this context. So the P is positive, the L is lasting, and the U is unexpected, and the S is strokes. So Bob Mortimer delivered some positive, lasting, unexpected strokes that lit up his partner, Paul Whitehouse, and thrilled him and delighted him. So if you think of the business world and the context, what I think that means is that all sales teams and all customer service teams, one of the things that they need to be doing on this issue is to break down the customer experience into bite-sized pieces, carry out an analysis along that line of events that the customer is exposed to. And they really need to say, okay, well, what is the current customer experience along that process? Do we actually know how they feel about it? And once we do know how they feel about it, what can we do to improve it? And improving it really means, when you think about it, what can we do to deliver positive, lasting, unexpected strokes along that journey? So that's where I'm heading with this after the rather intriguing title uh, built mm. around fishing. Your thoughts, gentlemen? This actually reminds me of a very good friend of all of ours uh, in the speaking world, Jeff Ram, who we must get on the show at some stage. Jeff has a wonderful concept that he, he calls celebrity service. So, and uh, not, not to steal any of Jeff's great, uh, great stuff, but it's kind of like he uses the wonderful analogy. You think you're giving really great service, but if a celebrity, you know, your favorite celebrity in the world was going to become a customer, what would you do differently? People always, his point is people always find something they could do that would improve, make it better, give a better experience for the person looking for those unexpected, you know, different 
different kind of thing. So yeah, we must we must get Jeff on. But that's a you know, it's 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 as well to, to something that Graham mentioned on another episode we recorded recently about um, the speed with which, say, Amazon is now serving its customers, and that's changing everybody's perception about what is required. So, you know, customer customer expectation is is changing and is also going up. So today's today's good, maybe tomorrow's average, and next week next week's not, you know not fit for well, well, well just on that point you've mentioned there one of the things i often ask groups is please tell me what customer service is all about in terms of its definition yeah and people can never do it they're always able to tell me what customer service operatives do namely they listen effectively and they go the extra mile or whatever but very, very few people can actually define that customer service, as you've just mentioned, Simon, is about exceeding expectations. And in the process of exceeding an expectation, that's why it registers, because the thing that exceeds the expectation is that positive, lasting, unexpected stroke. And the unexpected word is a key element to all of this. Now, Graham will know all about this because of his psychology background, won't you, Graham? Well, I was, I was going to pick up on your um, experience of the TV programme. And I think, I can't remember how many episodes now we've done where you have come in and mentioned a TV programme and linked it uh, to it. Simon earlier said he was a bit worried about your, your TV choice. Um, and I think I've had to point out to you on several occasions that TV's made up. It's not the real world. <laughs> and that what you saw in that programme was produced. I don't mind that. Yeah. But, Extract but, the learning from yeah, it. Here's the important point, because you mentioned it towards the end of what you were saying, that actually, that you know, a West End cast doesn't just get there uh, randomly. They all had to be contacted. They all had to have transport arranged they all had to have rehearsal they all you know all of that had to happen before that bit of filming was done yep, um, all of that was not done by Bob Mortimer it was done by a production team and when you look at the credits of a tv program people will often say my goodness how many people are working on the program and usually it is hundreds of people to produce a tv program and the the important point you mentioned was the fact that you know you can deliver this plus level of service but it's part of a team and i think a big mistake made by salespeople is they want to be individual they want to work on their own they want to be the best salesperson and actually delivering the best service you can is a team effort and i think while i teach a module at the University of Buckingham called uh, service excellence. How do, how do businesses achieve service excellence? There are lots of theories about it, but they all boil down to the same thing, that no one person in the business delivers service excellence. The whole business has to deliver service excellence. So if you're a salesperson and you want to deliver that plus element that you're talking about is dependent upon how good the website is. It's dependent yeah. upon who answers the phone because yeah. all of these things are integrated and connect to each other. And you yeah. can do something nice for your customer to make them feel good about you. But if then the next day they've got a phone up and they're waiting, you know, 20 seconds to answer the 
to get a phone answered rather than it being picked up straight away. That's destroyed what yeah. you as a salesperson have done. No, I, 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 I agree with your comments on the, uh, the team nature yeah. of it. And I think one of the advantages in mapping out the customer experience, if I can use that phrase, and actually plotting those individual moments, which 30 years ago were referred to as moments of truth, by a guy called Jan Carlson, you may remember. Yes, remember that, by, yeah. by plotting those individual moments of truth, brackets, events along the experience, one thing that becomes obvious is that there are baton changes along the way where one team has to hand over the customer, so yeah. to speak, to another team. And they may have to take the customer back later on in the process. But I think by mapping out those lines and seeing where they intersect is a very important yeah. part yeah. of the analysis. And it confirms exactly what you're saying, Graham, that it is very much a, a team solution to uh, what the customer experiences. I did um, a workshop two, three years ago for a, a client in the city of London, in the, in the square mile, in the financial district, who were a speciality insurance company. And um, they wanted to improve their, the experience they were giving to the customers. And used, we actually used a very low tech, but very effective way of, of, of doing this. So they had, there were four different teams, I think, that interacted with the customer at different places on the customer's journey through their organization from early you know they they, they phone up with an inquiry they generate like a, i think they were using google ads to generate a lead and then then it then it came through and we literally just got them using sort of pads of paper write down every step of the journey we laid them out on the table so the first team did their bits and they said this is what happened and then what happens oh then it goes over to the next team and then we've got the next team to do so basically the whole we use their big long boardroom table and they literally laid out every single step in the customer's journey, who was responsible for it. And what was fascinating, it was the first time all four teams were aware of what the whole process, the customer experience, but also we were able to go, okay, what are the drop points? Where does it get dropped as it's transferred over? Where do we drop it? Where do we lose it? Where do we miss things? And then, and then we did get what I call gives and gets. What do you need from that team? When they hand when it hands from them to you, what do you need them to give you so you can do a good job? And then, you know, what can you give to the to them? And we just basically went through this whole, and I think it was just the awareness. Everybody now had like a holistic or whatever you systemic or whatever you might want to call it, of of the customer in their organization and, and all the all the touch points and but most importantly, the potential drop points, which could be like a moment of truth to go back to the yeah, that, that that analogy there, and although that was an incredibly low tech, you know, that sounds like a really unsophisticated. Yeah. Um, but we then just got the process drawn up and so on. But what was fascinating was they all wanted before they left, they all got their phones out, and were taking photos of the whole of the whole process. <laughs> they all wanted to, which is a really interesting. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to run the risk of not seeing this again. Yeah, I, thought, you know, I like I like your comments about the uh, the, the drop points. It, it actually yeah. reminds me of a seal of a sales director who said rather strangely that 
things were good because the uh, the drop rate, and that's exactly what they called it. Yeah. Uh, the the drop rate was four percent, and they should feel very comfortable about that. Uh, and I said, well, hang on a minute. If you were a team of doctors and surgeons and nurses in a maternity ward, uh, please don't tell me that killing four babies out of every hundred is a good result, because mm. it's not. Uh, in a maternity ward, you do not drop four. You do yeah. not drop four. So yeah. why are you prepared to tolerate that sort of number? So I think uh, I agree with it. It's, it's well, all about analysing it and improving it. I, yeah. I, I think four actually sounds quite generous. So I, I saw some research from a client, a Fortune, Fortune 50, they're a big player, and they worked out one in five of their sales opportunities that they had in the pipeline were lost from internal problems, errors, logistical failures, nothing to do with competition. They lost them because they messed up or couldn't deliver because, for example, to Graham's point, nobody's given an accurate forecast to production and the supply chain don't know anything about it. So then, and you know, the sales team are then expecting production to just wave a magic wand and produce, mm. produce products or have capacity that they just didn't know, you know, didn't know they were going to be required to do. So, yeah. you know, that, that joined up, that joined up thinking is so, so critical. Yeah. I remember asking uh, some people on a workshop once, you know, what, what kind of success rate do you want? What What's success to you? And, you know, they varied in terms of, you know, low percentage, 60% or whatever, um, uh, up to somebody who wanted, you know, 99.9%. If, if we did 99.9% .9 of things right, we'd be happy. And I said, what if you did the other 0.1%? And he said, well, that'd be luck, wouldn't it? And I said, okay, let's have a think about 99.9%. .9 let's imagine you're an air traffic controller at Heathrow. If you're 99.9% .9 successful today, that means you're going to have four plane crashes every day at Heathrow. You've got to be 100% success at Heathrow or any airport. Um, and do you think the pilots are landing going, oh, that's a bit of luck. We've got the runway today. You know, it's, <laughs> it's they have to have absolutely 100% success rate. And so it, it kind of defeats me why people will want less than getting it absolutely right. And when you look at all those kind of, you know, theories and models there are out there for for doing this right it, it's interesting how it does all come down to you know teamwork and to thinking about that process that Simon's talking about that kind of customer journey and if you if you map that you know a typical awareness interest desire action kind of customer journey and you look at those touch points from say 25 years ago I've got a, a chart that shows those touch points 25 years ago. And then my next slide shows the students, the touch points as they are today. And, you know, you wish you were doing business 25 years ago because it was so easy compared yeah. with those touch points today. And then I show them a graph uh, produced by Gartner, a chart produced by Gartner, which is a big technology consultancy company. And they've done a typical B2B sales journey. And it makes my complicated graph look simple. Uh, because they have taken, a, uh, you know, from their research, where people go in the B2B sales journey. And there are literally hundreds of different places. That means if you're trying to create one of these plus moments, you've got to take all that into account. You can't do great customer service if you just cover 99.9% .9 
of their journey with you, you've got to cover 100% in order to make them feel good. I think we've uh, we've been making use of the same slide, Mr. Jones. The Gartner, the sales stroke buying process is yep. a thing of beauty. Either somebody, somebody or a group of people with a brain the size of a small planet. Yeah, right. It is phenomenal piece of work, isn't it? It is absolutely. Yeah. But I think I, I, I appreciate, and I know we're saying this, you know, go for 100%, and people are going to say, now, come on, realistic, right? Okay, so I understand a, it's not going to necessarily be easy or straightforward. And secondly, yes, the law of diminishing returns might say, you know, you might get to a point where, you know, the, the investment is not worth it. But that aside, in principle, why are you not aiming to get to 100%, right? Why are you setting a lower expectation before you've even started? Because you know what? You're aiming for 100%, maybe some junior person in admin will go, or oh, tell you what, if we did this, this would help here. Yeah. You know, and that might be the one thing that closes that 0.1% or that 0.5. You know, you've always got to be aiming for perfection. You know, I understand that's different to being a perfectionist. Yeah. But I think I, my guess is Jeff Bezos is just probably just going to Amazon, going for years, going, how fast can we actually do this now? Right. How fast can we? Because surely 24 hours next day was enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've achieved next day. Now they're going, you know, I mean, what? I don't know where Amazon going to go. Am I going to get a knock on the door tomorrow? And they're going to say, by the way, Mr. Hazeldean, you've no idea you want this, but trust me, you do. And here it is. And we've charged your credit card. But, you know, uh, joking aside, they're, 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 they are, you know, driving that experience forward, yeah. aren't they, all the time? As, a, as an aside, there are, I've seen some, you know, theory papers uh, where they're looking at warehouses in the sky being... Uh, run by big airships and so you can move your warehouse to wherever it's needed so you know they've got fixed warehouses that's the problem so you put your warehouses in the sky and your warehouses can go where you need your drones most of your drones to go from and that means you can move it hour by hour It'll be quite it's going to be quite phenomenal i mean i think we until a few years ago i think i used to say yeah but of course we're still waiting for flying cars uh and now we're not <laughs> so they've not suddenly, for them anymore. They, yeah. they suddenly arrived suddenly <laughs> arrived suddenly arrived on the scene so i think i think yeah that's a great some 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 um so positive lasting unexpected strokes and the, and the unexpected is an interesting one i think uh yeah. had a had an incredibly incredibly impressive um, account manager from South Africa on a program a few months ago. She's a real, real switched on cookie. And um, they had a distributor who'd won their won some sort of big incentive. But because of COVID, there were certain things that they just couldn't do. And so they would normally make a bit of a, you know, make the customer feel very special for the, for the achievement. So rather than look at what they couldn't do, they looked at what they could do and she said she's working on a program she said i'm really sorry i've got to go 30 minutes early because we are they'd arranged a a dance a socially distanced dance flash mob in outside the customer's premises and some other some other very very creative things and um she 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 came back on a program a few a few weeks later and i said how did it go and she said the customer's absolutely blown away 
because they assumed that because of the COVID restrictions, yeah. it was all going to be really, really low key. But the story was around what can we do? What what are we allowed to do? What can we do? And obviously they, they abided by all the rules and all the regulations, but rather than allowing those to spoil everything, they did something even more creative and apparently the customer was absolutely you know made to feel very very special you know rather like uh, I, I think the other thing from. just to emphasize about service plus is that the best place to start it and to practice it is at home not at work in our relationships with each other because the same principle applies at home that's the place to practice it. And when I talk about that with groups, they suddenly realize that sending their other half a birthday card scores absolutely low points because it is expected. Yeah. The, the only issue around a birthday card is the effect on the other person if they don't get one. That's huge, as we know, if you've ever made that mistake. But giving your partner an expected birthday card scores absolutely nothing. It has a place as a ritual. But what scores more points, of course, is doing something before the birthday, on the birthday or after the birthday that is completely out of the blue and is unexpected. And it's that unexpected bit that lights people up. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic points. Like the unexpected bunch of flowers or whatever, isn't it? Yeah. Just, just, just because. Indeed, yeah. or, or the phone call halfway through the day yeah. saying, uh, don't bother cooking tonight, I've booked a table, blah, blah, blah. It's that type of unexpected thing. Yeah. But bearing in mind, of course, there are some people who don't like surprises. So that has to be careful as well. Yeah. Um, so I know my good lady wife, for example, if I was to phone up and say, uh, we're not eating in tonight, we're eating out, her first comment would be, well, I've got nothing to wear. So maybe with my lovely wife, it would be a phone call through the day saying, you might be interested to know that I've booked a table in a restaurant for tomorrow, not necessarily for today. <laughs> So know your, know your customer and is, know your partner, I think, is what we're hearing. Know your customer. It's knowing what works for each of those customers Absolutely. and within that customer for each of those key individuals that make up the decision-making process. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for that. Enough of us carping on about giving this amazing customer service. thought I put a fish... A quick fish pun in there. I can only apologise for that lapse in my humour there. To yeah, the I think you're floundering with that. <laughs> oh, no, this is just going from, it's going from bad to worse. Uh, folks, there are uh, 170, 180 episodes of which very few contain really bad puns and jokes, but there are one or two. Uh, yeah. You've 
Find them all at the Sales Chat Show website, saleschatshow.com, or from wherever you choose and prefer to get your podcast. Please subscribe to the Sales Chat Show so you're first to hear about um, all of the episodes, new episodes coming out on a regular basis. So we just want to wish you all success in, in really raising the bar with your customer service, those the customer experience. Thank you for listening in, and we just want to wish you good luck and good selling, folks. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 